You are listening to A Taste of Romamu, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about Romamu, please visit romamu.org. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. In our Jewish year cycle, we are now Bain Hametzarim, between the straits. These are the three weeks that begin with the fast of Shvas Reva Tammuz and conclude the 17th of Tammuz and conclude with the fast of Tisha B'Av. The three Shabbatot in between are referred to not so joyfully as Tlat de Puranuta, the three Shabbatot of destruction, in which each Haftorah tells of the destruction of the temple. Traditionally, these three weeks are a time of mourning, recalling the destruction of the first and second temple, as well as national, thank you, as well as national tragedies throughout history that transpired on Tisha B'Av. We are commanded at this time to be in mourning. But sadly, we do not have to imagine too far to find ourselves Bain Hametzarim this week. We have sunk to a deeper level of despair, of violence, of hatred. Only a week, maybe a week and a half ago, there were many in our community who participated in a breakfast on the 17th of Tammuz. And it was a breakfast with Jews and Muslims celebrating the breakfast of Ramadan. We stood in solidarity and we said, we refuse to be enemies. Today, that feels like ages ago. With the escalation of the conflict, things have spun out of control. With anti-Semitic attacks in France, Germany, the United States, anti-Arab attacks in Yafo, ironically by Jews wearing neo-Nazi t-shirts, Jews attacking each other in Jerusalem because of political difference. And this is all peripheral to the loss of life that is at the epicenter. Our mythic Jewish time has collided with facts on the ground. In these three weeks, we assume practices of avelut, of mourning. Weddings and simchas are traditionally not performed. Some refrain from listening to live music. And beginning on the first of Av, some stop eating meat and drinking wine, except for on Shabbos. In Alan Liu's book, entitled, This is Real and You Are Completely Unprepared. Just a show of hands. Okay. Um, if you haven't read it, I recommend right now, and before Tisha B'Av, picking up a copy. Alan Lu suggests, Alan Lu Zichono Livracha, suggests an additional frame for Tisha B'Av. To paraphrase, to paraphrase Rabbi Lu, he says, catastrophes will recur in our world and in our lives. Some for which we bear the blame and some which are out of our control. But it is our responsibility to learn from them. Tisha B'Av for him inaugurates the season of tshuva, of repentance. While we do mourn the, while we mourn the horrors of the past, 
we attempt to apply what we have learned for the future. In our cycle of Torah, we are in Parshat Mas'ei, the last parsha of Bamidbar, and we're standing as the Israelites at the cusp, the border, the edge of the land, and we begin to prepare ourselves legally and spiritually to leave the wilderness behind and to enter. But we're standing right now at the same spot where we, our parents, our parents stood nearly 40 years ago. Then we stood at this juncture, but we were spiritually stuck, couldn't take a next step. From a few weeks ago, we read that the spies returned from their reconnaissance mission to the land and convinced the Israelites will never survive. So we lost that chance 40 years ago, but now the next generation is here, standing at the same crossroads. What will we do differently? Will we learn from our previous mistakes? Will we remember our identity? Who we are and the promise of our journey? Can we see beyond what's right in front of us? Can we see to the ofek, the horizon, and move toward it? In this moment at the edge of the land, God commands Moshe to write down a summary of all of the places we sojourned for these 40 years. Just the place names, nothing more, nothing of the adventures, the horrors, or the accomplishments. 40 years, 42 place names, tidily consolidated into 48 verses, which we will hear read tomorrow. Some of the place names correspond to events described earlier in Bamidbar in our wanderings in the wilderness, but some of these places have highly evocative names that seemingly come out of the air. There was no reference to them previously. This is a field day for rabbis. Rabbi Levi Yitzchak of Berdichev provides a quintessentially Hasidic take on the symbolic meaning of these 42 rest stops. The journeyings were for the purpose of bringing forth holy sparks that had fallen into the klipot, the shells there. In short, the Israelites were tasked with finding a hidden spark in each encampment and lifting it up before moving on to the next. Beyond that, each place name, according to Rabbi Levi Yitzchak, each place name served as a description of the particular type or genre of spark that was in need of lifting. In each location, there was this divinely inspired attribute that had devolved over time. This is going to... Okay. <laughs> Come with me here. Okay. And if it doesn't make sense, let me know and I'll try. Okay. So in each location, a divinely inspired attribute had devolved into a destructive manifestation of that attribute. For instance... The Torah tells us that the Israelites encamped at a place called Charda. Charda in Hebrew means fear and trembling. 
So we encamped at this place called Fear and Trembling. And according to the Kedushat Levi, the, we arrived at this place and suddenly we were sucked into the terror, the fear and the trembling of this place. But we were able to find the divine spark in that terror. And what is the divine man? If fear is, let's say it's neutral for now, and terror is this debased, evolved version of fear, what is a heightened divine manifestation of fear? Ah. So we come into this encampment, this place of fear and trembling. We see the terror and we're able, like with incisors, to go in and pluck up this divine spark of awe and lift it up and we begin to pray. Instead of running from the place of fear or sinking deeper into it, our job was to transform the terror, this destructive manifestation of fear, into awe, the divine manifestation of fear. And so we are instructed to do this within ourselves, places in our own psyche where love can sometimes manifest as jealousy or overzealousness or where empathy for others can become disfigured, and can manifest as self-loathing. We need to find the divine spark, and we need to be able to see through and find the positive value and lift it up to its highest manifestation. In this time, Bain Hametzarim, in the Straits, we are camping deep in the place of Charedah. What can we do within our power to transform the fear and anxiety within ourselves, within our communities, so we may eventually emerge from the wilderness. As we stand here on the cusp, what will we do differently? How will we react differently? Will we seek out and lift the divine sparks, or will we let the sparks fly? Tomorrow we're reading Massey, and we'll finish. This is the last parsha of the book of Numbers, Bamidbar. And at the end of our reading, we're going to chant out together loud and proud, Chazak, 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 Venit Chazak. Beautiful. And we're going to shout that out, and this means strong, strong. May we be strong. May all of us here find the strength, the chizuk to transform our fear, our trembling, and our despair into awe, reverence for life, and positive action. <laughs>